0: Hey, this is Dan Destro. I'm Billy Noise, and I'm Johnny Savage. And we, and we are, are the, the Savage, Savage
1: kind. kind. And you're listening to the Bulls McClane Hour.
0: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for joining me here for the Bulls McLean Hour. That little intro is by my buddies, uh, the Savage Kind, uh, Johnny Savage, formerly of the Savage Bastards, who provides a lot of my intro and, um, and, and interstitial music throughout the program. They uh, have a new record out called Love Songs for Bastards. I believe it's at Murder Cow Productions on Bandcamp, and if there's anything else, I will definitely... Uh, I'll, I'll definitely put it perhaps in the comments as well as uh, at the at the end of the program so we have a program today we are talking with uh, I'm gonna have a conversation with my old friend Matt Willis Jones if that's his real name and I happen to know for a fact that it is he uh, he is an artist he is a director he is a writer uh, these days he's based in Mexico City he uh, he, he does an extraordinary he does this extraordinary these extraordinary portraits um, that I I believe they are for for sale. That he he can he can basically uh, uh, do a, a collage or or interpretation of of a, of a photograph that you submit to him, and he, he makes them in extremely high quality. They can be blown up to the size of a wall. I I'll, I'll give you all the pertinent information um, through uh, through either the outro or in my comments and what have you. Matt and I go way back. We were good, good friends in the 1990s when we were in our 20s. Uh, so uh, we uh, haven't really spoken that much, uh, aside from just, uh, you know, internet chatter, you know, through IMing. Um, it was really the second conversation I'd had with him since 2001, I would say. And uh, even the one in between was just a very quick uh like a, a Facebook FaceTime uh, chat I'd had with him right before I decided let's do a podcast, so I got him on. I have got to apologize, <coughs> Bella. Stop protecting us, Bella. it's not necessary. Maybe it is. Let me see what's going on here. All right, sorry for that. Uh, sorry for that. It, that very rude in- interruption, Bella. Very rude. That uh... Anyway, so back to the show. Uh, I'm with Matt Willis-Jones, artist, writer, director, uh, very talented. Very talented when I went to school with him in Columbia College in Chicago, Illinois. We both lived there in the, in the turbulent 1990s when, uh, when, when nothing was really going on in this country politically, aside that we had a president that um, fucked an intern, you know, with a cigar or not. Whatever it was, it just seemed very, very, very mild. Anyway, so here is my conversation with Matt Willis Jones. Hope you enjoy it.
0: So um, yeah, uh, really fun times with you guys over there. Been keeping track of how everyone. Um, doesn't seem to understand that Kamala Harris is never gonna see the inside of that building. Why is that? Yeah, you're not gonna get rid of Trump, it's-, it's
1: Oh, you think it's, so? It's interesting. Of course
0: not. He's taking the you know the um, South American dictator playbook and- um, He is, but you uh, don't think we
1: will implement our laws and say, hey, it's time to go, buddy. Chop, chop.
0: Yeah, good luck with that.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, <no. laughs> how do you, How do you think dictators work? Dictators don't act by the law. They, uh, they, they decide well, I, they're I, not going.
1: But we don't. Um, we don't. We, we live in uh, America. I don't know. I, I guess I, I. I always. I, I haven't so
0: sweet. <laughs> I know, and I, and yeah. I, that's what they told me.
1: That's what they brainwashed me with the uh, yeah, pledge. every yeah. day, that everything's fine. Yeah. and we're better. You know, I
0: think the only glimmer of hope that you have is that um, uh, I. I really believe that. Um, when um, when when a word comes into existence for something, then it becomes uh, that's the first step for it becoming a reality. And so like um, the biggest problem that happened in British politics in the last few years was brexit. Mm-hmm. And the big mistake was, inventing the word brexit Mm. and before that word was invented it was very difficult to talk about the whole thing the whole thing seemed ludicrous and why would we want to do this Mm -hmm. but then suddenly it became this thing and it was given a name and so people could talk about it and then then you could choose are you going to do it or not whereas before it became defined as a word, it was this concept that was difficult to understand, and you had to explain to people why. Well, we're going to get out of the European Union, and so, you know right. Why are we doing that? You know, oh Brexit, oh it's Brexit, Brexit. and no one knew what Brexit meant. You know, right. that was the funniest thing as well. There was different type. There was a hard Brexit, a soft Brexit, a red, white, and blue Brexit. I'm not joking. There really was all these different types of Brexits. Wow! And way back in the day, it was the big joke of. Uh, People asking Theresa May, who you might remember was uh, like the demented crow who was in charge at the time. Okay. And um, she would say, uh, uh, she was asked, what what is Brexit? And she would say, Brexit means Brexit. And we're like, well, what? I, I do remember that. <laughs> anyway, so my only, I think the only glimmer of hope that you have is that recently Trump has started to use the language that imply that he's uncertain yes and um so uh you know that that that, to me that's the the, he's dealt himself the killer blow. Uh, but my favorite character throughout all of season one was really really and um you
1: know
0: he's he's great Uh, (laughs) he did that he
1: did that press conference the other day where his his head was leaking black ink and i i kept saying he's changing back to his original form (laughs) it's a monster He's yeah. finally looking like the monster from a Harry Potter film.
0: Yeah, he, he he's uh, he's great. Um, now, yeah. all right, so that's
1: very interesting. Yeah. So you think that we won't be able to get rid of him? You don't think that the fact that he's elected, I'm genuinely scared.
0: I'm genuinely scared.
1: I will be happiest when he when Biden is sworn in, and I have been saying a little to, bit. I I am the worst because the whole time I'm like Biden ain't gonna fucking win. Trump's got it in the bag, and mm-hmm. all my super left friends were uh, completely um, in disbelief. Dude, we got it wrapped up. It's going to be a blue wave. And it wasn't. Uh-huh. But I, I kind of knew, well, it doesn't matter votes anymore. It really, it's electoral votes that count, not American votes, not everybody's vote because – hillary yeah won. i mean
0: i think it's a very sweet thing that uh, americans uh, uh generally, i mean people i am not a big fan of democracy but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, uh the problem with democracy is all the people who shouldn't be voting are allowed to
1: vote <laughs> um and uh you know the greeks true. have the right idea
0: yeah but and that's the the electoral college is meant to be that kind of system you know yes that's, in effect it doesn't actually work as you found out last time uh, it doesn't work but, um, for our favor yeah yeah I mean, we, the thing is, you know, that people like to think their votes count, but actually, they
1: they, they don't. They didn't. No, we had no, we we won no, we won no, by three million, no. in sixteen by three million. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And uh, but, but, the the but best part about out. what's going on right now, though, is that Trump is failing to uh, he's failing to prove that there's any of this sort of voter fraud.
0: Well, I think there's something that's quite interesting is that. Um, you know, uh, believe me, I'm going to use the words feel sorry for, but believe me, I do not in any way feel sorry for Trump. But I've got a few conspiracy theories to lay down for you. Um, One is I almost feel sorry for him that (laughs) the the vaccine was announced after the election. (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel sorry for him. But the thing is, of course, is that that was obviously by design there's no way that Pfizer um,
1: has, has a good vaccine.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no, there's no way that they were, I mean, they were in conflict with him. Oh, interesting. So you think they
1: said, why don't we wait until 11? Just wait, just wait three days. Just wait, wait wait, you know, it was just, it was just a few
0: days later, you know, it's just, just wait a few days. (laughs) And so what I think is funny is that no one's talking about the big pharma conspiracy suddenly, because first of all, everyone wants the vaccine. And secondly, the type of people who would bring up the big pharma conspiracy, they're all Democrats. (laughs) 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 Which vaccine would you take? The American one, the English one, or the Russian one? i'll take the russian one okay. because they hacked all the research they, around they, the world you know that that's the, i guess that i that wasn't is. really
1: aware that there was these there's three i thought there was two i didn't realize one was english and the other was american
0: well there's um the english one uh isn't strictly speaking it's a vaccine but it um it uh, does the same job um it uh, it trains your immune system to fight off the virus. Um, so it's the same end result, um, but the difference is that the American version has to be stored. I think it's like minus sixty or minus seventy degrees, um, which is you know pretty chilly, um, My, which makes minus it quite 60? impractical. Yeah, so yeah. it has to be kept in this like special like I think like liquid nitrogen thing, which makes it yeah. difficult to transport around. But the English one. You just, you know, you, you just carry it around. <laughs> you carry it on a summer uh, day. The, I think it's the same with the Russian one as well. You can, you can just have it like, you know, you just put it in the fridge and you're fine. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so, um, Why can't Pfizer uh, get their
1: shit together on that problem? Well, I, I, I don't think it's that easy. but <laughs> Okay.
0: Um, I saw think, a lovely Do you think meme? it's un,
1: do you think it's unlikely that they really have a vaccine? That no, maybe this no, is no, okay. of course
0: they, I I don't I don't I don't think it's unlikely at all. But I think um yeah, I mean I think we've all become in our own ways. I mean no one's gonna miss this period, but mm-hmm. I mean I've I've adjusted to it a, yeah, I don't really do anything anyway. I sit at home and write and edit and I paint or whatever. You know, I don't have much uh, interaction with the, well I don't have a great deal of social life so and most of the people I know are all over the world so I you know I end up uh, I know very few people you know a handful of people
1: here in, in Mexico, Mexico City. City
0: and it's true I, I you know it's, it's nice to be able to have people around but I, I haven't really noticed a great deal of difference to be honest The one, the biggest difference for me has been that I've been much more productive this year because I've um, not because I've had more time, but because I haven't felt so guilty because, you know, there's a very thin line between what I do, Mm -hmm. what all of us do as creative people there's a very thin line between what we do and masturbating, Mm -hmm. you know? And I've always felt quite guilty about working on my own stuff. And it's like, you know, shouldn't you get a real job? You know. um, Mm -hmm. But now with everything that's been happening, that guilt has gone. And I've been able to work uh, freely. Freely. But now I feel guilty about the fact that I'm able to do more than other people who are complaining all the time.
1: Mm -hmm. But on the
0: subject of masturbating, I, I like, would like and creativity. I would like sure. to tell you one thing because I've developed this theory about filmmaking and writing. Yes. And Basically, you know, when I was in Norway, I was making a lot of movies, short films. Okay. And um, then uh, uh, I had this uh, opportunity at Warner Brothers and it fell
1: apart. And oh.
0: uh, I uh, what was your opportunity
1: you know, at Warner Brothers?
0: Well, I was sitting there across from the vice president of Warner Brothers TV and this uh, other executive and they're telling me that um, they were going to produce my show for uh, uh, two million an episode. Wow. Uh, 12, what? 12, Twelve episodes, single camera, set based production. Sure. And um, we after like five weeks of meetings and phone calls, eventually they said to me "Look, this project its just too weird and we can't find a, a place what did he say? It was too much, um, too much on the fringes. He says too too much on the fringes.
1: I think that's for, all that works nowadays. Yeah, to, to put
0: in a Warner Brothers box, and and he said to me, "This is 2016," and he said yeah. to me, "You know, yeah. I don't want to sound like the boring producer, but it is. You know, if you make this in five years, you will bring this into the mainstream." Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, "Yeah, that's not what I want to hear." But the funny thing is is that it's going to be 2021 next year.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Assuming that the final trick of 2020 is that the clocks don't reset back to January (laughs) Uh, 20th. Assuming that that doesn't happen. That we're not in Groundhog year. Um, That uh, that would be five years on. And the project is now on, on target to be filmed next year and completed next year. So the fucker was right. But the thing is, you might be wondering what this has got to do with masturbation. Um, and um,
1: I already masturbated yeah, but, twice while you were talking about it, so I get it. Really, it's a, well, it's a good
0: thing you can't see under the table, exactly, yeah. At least right. I'm wearing trousers, at least I'm wearing jeans, at you're now. wearing your pants. But exactly. basically, um, I uh, I'd spent so many years working on this process, started in like 2011, sure. And by 2016, I then considered that I've been doing it for so long, and um, uh, when it you know, when it all sort of disintegrated. And those, I was like, I found myself with like a shot and empty goal.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and I, and I missed it, you know. So I really thought, because I just confused them, you know. I, I, I fucked it up, you know. So I thought, okay, that's it, um, enough of filmmaking. And I, I started writing scripts for other people. And I thought, I can't be bothered with the thing. I'll just write scripts. Everywhere. And this is where sure. I, decided, I came up with this realisation that, Writers are wankers. You know, a writer uh, doesn't need any special equipment and they can sit in a room Mm -hmm. and do it on their own. Whereas a filmmaker, is going to get fucked and they're going to get fucked by everyone and it's not going to fucking stop and they're going to fucking like it. They're going to get fucked by producers. They're going to get fucked by actors. They're going to get fucked by location people. They're going to get fucked by critics. They're gonna get fucked by audience. The fucking is never going to stop. and You know, Mm -hmm. that's the difference in writing and uh, filmmaking. However, if you want to have that one great fuck then you've got to participate in the orgy. Yeah, you've got to get all the STDs to get the Oscar. You know, if if you want to, you know. So at one point, another, Oscar, I suddenly realized, like uh, this, like a year ago or so. I suddenly realized, you know, it's time to it's it's time to get fucked. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, I've 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 returned into the world of describing myself as a filmmaker.
1: All right. I oh, don't do
0: that actually. <laughs> I, I
1: I say filmmaker but I, I use I use the word failed in front of it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've kind um, of a uh, uh, yeah. But uh, you
0: have made a film. You produced a feature. I did. Yeah. And you
1: I produced a uh, failure. My and favorite I, I,
0: story that I tell to, everyone about your to. experience with the boom operator. When you your my favorite quote of uh, uh, though no, this is art and when i get home i'm going to masturbate over the footage and you are fired or something along like that. those
1: lines wow yeah and i'm trying to think under what context would we have had that was that on a telephone or was that on could have been on a telephone semaphore I think. did we semaphore. did we just <laughs> did we just type that to each other i, I guess so cuz I, I, I don't i mean this is like the second conversation i've had with you in ah, 20 years I mean, we don't yeah. really get online and talk too much. We no. we type. Here's yeah. what happened. And it was during a... Um, oh, God. Let's see here. Boy, I haven't really thought about this story. Yet. But we were firing the sound guy. It was like, like literally like Matt is fuming. And he's about... I'm like, dude, this is, we have to let this audio footage download onto my computer. And then we have to fire him, you know. The, the progress <laughs> bar... The progress bar is just so close, and he is just poking and poking and poking at us like an asshole. And we're like, okay, we got it, Brad. We got it. All right. Probably shouldn't say his name, but who cares? It's his fault. So um, <coughs> I said something. Oh, God, I wish I could remember. But it, it, it ended with we walked him downstairs, which you know, is the second second floor, and uh, said, yes, this isn't working out. I, was, I, th- I thought you liked the work I'm doing. No, it's you we don't like. Yeah, the audio's fine, and it's our gear. It's not even his gear. It's our mic. It's actually his box. It's our mic. We're like, no, it's it's you. It's your shitty attitude. You know, you you really crossed the line this time. You basically started s- squabbling with the actors about something, and then the actor got pissed off and all that, and said something to Matt along the lines of, "You know, you're just doing this so you could get together with girls or something like that." And he's like, "What's what he talking about?" I got. All kinds of fucking girl problems. You know, Matt is on okay, stupid, and dating sites and hooking up and doesn't have any problem getting girls. God, I wish I remembered. And now, is it, how, how could this story fade? I said something like, uh, oh, here's what I said. I said, uh, and with this, at this point, I am upstairs and I'm opening the window and I'm yelling at him while he's getting into, I believe, a cab because he didn't have a ride. Um, he didn't have a car. And I said, You forgot about the sex scene. We shot that 10 fucking times. He's like, yeah, you really like that. I, I do, Brad. And when I'm done, I'm gonna masturbate to it. And uh, I'm an artist, Brad. You wouldn't understand.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, you know, I actually quoted or paraphrased. I said I was quoting you mm-hmm. uh, in a film class I was teaching about this time last year. Um, Wonderful. And um, in one one of the classes was about sound and and about shooting on set and stuff and i um i i have a couple of problems with sound people myself you know remember that film cake with darice of course yeah well half of that film is adr and uh, sound effects because i had this um uh, boyfriend and girlfriend team uh, doing the sound uh, recording
1: vaguely remember the story. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it's only a two day shoot Saturday and the Sunday. Yeah. And uh, there's no, there's no money, you know, so I've made all the food myself and like mm. we have this, uh, on the Sunday we have this pasta salad and, um, they said they wanted pizza. Hmm. Uh, everyone else was okay with the pasta salad and bananas and whatever, nice. you know, but they want pizza. And I'm like, well, I don't, I can't, I don't have any money for pizza, you know. And, um, and you should uh, say, I want so, pizza too. Do you want me to tell so you So then, I want you to when burn? I yeah. get, uh, the, I send all the film off to the lab or whatever, and I get a phone call from the lab saying, um, uh, sound reels two and four were blank. Oh. And I know, and so they, they recorded, they, they blanked the uh, film one. and then they disappeared um and because they used to hang out in the sound cage all the time wow. and then they just disappeared and then, like diego or Mike, no one knew where they went
1: um and we must edify this uh to the audience uh you know the three people listening to this that uh these are reels of tape on a nagra 4 machine this is a huge tape recorder this is in a little box that you push a button in a virtual yeah, this, this uh, is a very set. deliberate action Oh, is that what happened? You don't think they just fucked up and didn't? No, they get...
0: had to. They had to. They had to run the entire tape through to erase it. Both of them, two reels, they had to erase.
1: Did they only erase your tapes because you you had pasta salad instead of pizza?
0: Yes, they didn't want they 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 wanted pizza and I wasn't able to buy pizza. You don't so think they just
1: they were just novice? They fucked up and they didn't they didn't. No,
0: because the, they did a very good job of everything. And uh, the, the previous day was you know everything was fine. But uh, I already had those sound reels, so they couldn't erase them. Mm. Um, uh, but the the uh, but I also have another experience. Did you credit them on the film? I don't think I did. Yeah. I, um, uh, I did uh, credit this guy who was supposed to be the producer as a dolly grip because he didn't do anything. Oh,
1: so awesome. yeah. I,
0: I but, but actually talking about credits it's kind of funny um well i got a couple of stories here one about sound which is that uh, one of my short films that i made in norway uh in, in 2016 uh one of the most famous uh, playwrights in norway named it his favorite norwegian short film okay um, which was quite interesting and unexpected but um uh especially because it's not in Norwegian, uh, made mm-hmm. by an Englishman, um, uh, but um, basically um, we had this sound guy and um, he he was on set, he was excellent, he was, he was a really big guy, which is very helpful for being a boom operator, mm-hmm. but he was quiet as a mouse and he was always in the right place at the right time, he was perfect, he was really good.
1: I wish he was and- doing sound on this podcast. Yeah, on your end.
0: <laughs> except, <laughs> except, at the end of the two-day shoot, I said, "Oh shit! I didn't bring a external hard drive with me." Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, how am I going to get the sound off of you? Maybe you can just uh, send it to me on like a,
1: I know.
0: Uh, on a Dropbox, or, a Dropbox or sure. something. Sure, sure. And he goes, "Oh no, I can just email it to you."
1: Uh, okay. I was
0: like, "Sorry, what?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's just uh, you know, t- uh, twenty-two megabytes."
1: Twenty-two megabytes.
0: And I was like, Isn't that the size of a it's document? Like, yes, I was like, "What?" And he'd had it. He'd not used this particular recorder before. Oh no shit! And he'd had it on this setting that's like the I just had an argument with a producer setting. So it was like two days of sound recording, and it sounds like it's being recorded in a uh, on a mobile phone in a bucket. <laughs> it well, sounds it's like it's literally
1: underwater. But, wow! But
0: then, uh, um, uh, then that night um he um he phoned me up and i was completely devastated by this sure i'd done so much work and we'd shot this on the red camera and oh, everything yeah. was you know really uh it was a very interesting we the location we were using we didn't really have permission to use it and it was an office and
1: a, a cable this in was
0: 2013 uh, i think or 2004 early 2014 okay. and the red camera then it was a red scarlet camera, sure, and um basically um, I don't know what the red cameras like now, but back then it was like i mean when the red camera first came out, it was basically like a lamp, it was complete the first red camera it was like a it was like a junior it was like a one k lamp it was ridiculous, yeah, um uh, yeah the 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 boy he phoned me up in the evening and um uh, it's funny because I'd I'd been fairly straight and clean up until that point, and that night is where my drug use began again. No, <laughs> I don't blame you. So, um, he started me on a downhill path, um, but he did sound again on our next film. He came back. He he was no longer living in Oslo, and he came back in from another town mm-hmm. uh, to 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 sort of redeem himself. And he did an amazing job on that next project or so whatever. But. Um, I was going to tell you something about the credits in films like crediting people. Because the reason why I went to Norway was to work on this animation movie. It was a feature film, had Woody Howison doing the voices and stuff. Mm. It was a really big cast.
1: I remember that thing, yeah. yeah. I, I remember yeah. that. I remember the trailer.
0: Yeah, I think that thing is a good way to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, um, that film uh, had its, uh, uh, its first producer, was this guy called hawk and gunderson who was you know uh this strange man and he hung around with strange not very nice people and he was a born again christian and a weird guy and the film had drug use and sex and it was a cg animation it had a cum shot in it you know it's like I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and um anyway uh, and he was like anti-drugs and anti-sex and it was weird he was producing this film. He wasn't anti-paycheck
1: is what it was though
0: well that's the funny thing he was a con man and he um i first was working on the film in london mm-hmm. but he bankrupted the studio to the tune of like one and a half million pounds uh, another uh producer took over it's a long and boring story even longer and more boring than i'm making it now but the thing is is that just the other day the director of the film, who I get along with very well, sure. uh, sent me a newspaper clipping, and it's—he uh, like, "In case you ever wondered where Hawken grunderson got his money from," and it's a picture of this horrible man walking along with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> it's like walking along with his buddy, and it's like, okay, all parts of the same world. Anyway. Wow,
1: interesting. So he was a, uh, a super Christian, a super annoying Christian. And then also he was chummy with uh, Epstein. Yeah, well, obviously-
0: no, I, sorry, I, I forgot the punchline to this, is that he um, he was demanding, or at one point he slammed his fist on the table in a meeting and said, this is my film. And it's like... Uh, I, I understand. So, done-
1: I, he was the producer?
0: Yeah, but it was an entirely inappropriate film for him to produce, you know, because he was like a born again Christian and right. all this stuff, you know. That was just as his... the writer director is this uh, underground comic book artist, mm-hmm. hallway, you know, and it's all sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And um, uh, uh, yeah, he, he was like, this was the film that was going to make Horton Gunderson, uh, you know, a big. No, name, you know? yes. Uh, but actually what happens is um, his name was in the credits in small print uh, after the cleanup.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And I saw the film in, uh, on my own one day in a, a small, because it was in uh, the English version with Woody Harrelson and Jim Broadbent and Carl Okay. And yeah, what,
1: what happened to that and, movie? What was the name of the film? And I guess it was a stoner CGI movie.
0: Yeah, the film was called Free Jimmy. Free Jimmy. And it, Free Jimmy. It's yes. like a, you know, a, a satirical, you know, twist on Free Willy. All right. Um and um it's um you know, it's a funny thing because um, uh basically in Norwegian um uh, it's it's a very funny film. It's extremely popular in Norway and uh it was a, a huge success um, but the script was translated, um, and Simon Pegg worked on the uh, translation of the script. Sure. And uh, a friend of mine was at an event where Simon Pegg was talking, and he was asked about any film oh. that he regrets being involved in. <laughs> oh, I assume we're going to get into Free You can Free see Genie. where this is going. Um, yes. And he said that, you know this film, it just did not translate into English, you know, hmm. because all of the humor was like language jokes and cultural jokes and stuff. You know? Wow.
1: And they couldn't save it. They couldn't, they yeah, couldn't it, repurpose it, it. They couldn't uh, cross it over.
0: So it's just a weird film in English. You know, it's just it's not funny. It's just weird, you know. And also the Norwegian sense of humor is very different from the English sense of humor. I see. For example, there's this one sequence with these guys and they steal a truck and the truck hasn't got a windshield. Okay. And they're having this dialogue and stuff and they're shivering and you can see there's no windshield on the truck, right? And all this wind and stuff is coming in and they're shivering. And then after about three minutes of the scene, one of them notices there's no windshield, right? And he goes, Oh, there's no windshield. And they're like, Oh, how did you steal a truck with no windshield? Whatever. And the Norwegians all thought this was hysterically funny. And when we were making the film, they wanted to see the scene again and again. Wow. And all of us working on the film were quite an international bunch. You know, there's Spanish, mm-hmm. English, Canadians. And, stuff. and you all kind of all thought, of
1: us, people don't care about this windshield scene or it's not as funny it, as yeah, it seems. we would
0: all be sitting there, like <clears throat> looking at each other, like, this isn't funny. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, uh, they would be like, oh, so like there's generally speaking a cultural difference about humour, anyway, and uh, then the, and the whole thing didn't translate. But for me, it was a real nightmare because I went over there uh, to to finish this thing. It was just the worst possible experience. It took me years to recover from it. Mm. When i had been in London, I was working at this place called Double Negative, which is like. Industrial Light and Magic takes a back seat to Double Negative. You know, Double Negative does all Christopher Nolan's movies, Okay. and it's the top place. Sure. And um, I left my job there. Yeah, you know, okay. I, I, which many people thought was, I thought I was completely mad, but I wasn't happy. I was like, okay. uh, I thought it was my dream job, but when I got it, it I couldn't. It was too square for me, and uh, so I went to Norway to do this film. And basically, this film was like, oh, technically a a nightmare. And uh, visually, there's so many things wrong with the film visually. We had decided in the VFX team to co- that we should go to every single screening and that we should coordinate standing up to block the projection light for parts of the screen. Wow <laughs> um, the the whole I can't even begin to say how troubled it all was. It went to can. We were in competition at can. I was on stage at can. Now, I'm sorry,
1: song. this is still free Jimmy or is this something else? Yeah, it's no, this free... is
0: free Jimmy, right? This is the early two thousands mm-hmm. and um, yes. Uh, and uh, CGI animation was developing a lot during this time. And this film was started it started production in like the late 90s. Okay and was finished in 2006. So elements of, of the animation were, were, they looked you know very different quality, mixing all these things together. Anyway the thing is, I was so ashamed of it and yes. uh, I felt that I ruined my career. And for years, like and thought, 10 years, eight yeah. or nine years, I was really devastated about it. And then I met someone in London, and they said in like 2015 or 16, and they said, oh, I saw Free Jimmy. Yeah, it looked really good. You did a great job. And I thought to myself, you know, all this angst and embarrassment and shame I had about the film just lifted off. Why would you...
1: Yeah, why would I you... I looked at the trailer just the other day. Okay. And
0: I looked at it and I thought, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, I wasn't, it's nothing to be too ashamed. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, I know this is your podcast, but I'd like to ask you, um, you know, you seem, earlier we were talking, and and you seem to be under the impression that... uh, Biden Biden will be my next president. Biden's actually going to be the president. (coughs) Um, So, you know, um, uh, why why do you, I mean... uh, I'm genuinely scared about uh, all of this. I'm not, I wasn't scared about COVID uh, when it first happened um, because that's when the big fear came out. But I I don't think I was scared about it. It was just something I was going to have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I became scared about was all the uh, lunatic conspiracy theories about it. Mm -hmm. Um, The dumb um,
1: people spreading it, the dumb people, the dumb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is interesting as well because this is another conspiracy thing, isn't it? Like conspiracies, you know, the the good ones, of course, involve lizard people, but um, they all involve. Uh, this is the way you can identify a conspiracy is that does it involve you not having to do anything does it involve you not even having to change your mind about something does it involve you not having to think or move or anything it's probably a conspiracy theory <laughs> it's like um uh, so it's like with uh, i had i've thought a lot about these things lately about you know people are going, oh, I've got my rights you know you're yes. taking away my freedom and I think that you know freedom is uh the ability to choose to do what you don't want to do you know that's actually what freedom is it's the ability to uh not to, uh, go along with the lowest possible energy mm-hmm there's this idea that was well, not an idea that the universe is forever spreading entropy is increasing the temperature is evening out mm-hmm. uh, left to the right devices things will reach a a state where you know, of, of things are aspiring towards nothing. You know? in, in the universe is inherently lazy. It's just the way things are. It's just the laws of physics. You know? sure. And I think that you could say that humans are, um, well, you could say this is whatever, that humans are, um, uh, we're capable of organizing chaos. We're capable of reducing uh, entropy and, and, and making things happen. Yes, It requires effort. But we are all part of the universe. We are all inherently lazy. And, you know, I think that um, if you're going along with conspiracy theories, that um, they basically are enabling you, they're justifying you, not doing anything. That is not freedom. No. That is the opposite of freedom. <clears throat> and I would say that, you know, Uh, Of course, you want to do the thing that's easiest, that is the least effort. Of course, you want to do that. Um, But I think that uh, freedom really means the ability to escape that and uh, to uh, escape the pull of uh, laziness. Um, And so I would say that freedom is the ability to uh, uh, say no to what you want to do. Uh, And so I would say that freedom is the the ability to do the hard thing, not the herd thing, you know, and uh, people might uh, misinterpret this and say, oh, well, uh," it's very common now people are talking about people being sheep and uh, following the thing and wearing the masks. well actually it's the other way around because wearing the mask is actually the hard thing to do yes. and the hard thing is to go along with the conspiracies and, and you know it's such low rate cheap conspiracies they don't even <laughs> involve lizard people like you said you know? <laughs> these are like really yeah, Walmart, shame. bottom shelf mm-hmm. Walmart conspiracies that people are picking up um, yes. and um, yeah so uh, uh, that's my uh, uh, words of wisdom for today um, well, this is, I don't know if
1: boys and girls advice. that's our that's Matt uh, Willis Jones's. <laughs> I i mean, I guess I, I you know, obviously, I told I, you I was a wanker, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you
0: go. This is uh, this is uh classic uh writers being wankers. This by the, is exactly um, proper yeah. masturbatory, bullshit yeah. You're proving it. Hey, you know, my favorite concert I ever went to was with you, yes. You I know, saw the who.
1: you saw the who, and yeah, you, I love that. I remember that show a very childhood well.
0: dream it was
1: me. my third time seeing the Who, it was your first yeah my third and my time. only
0: um, and, yeah well obviously uh, yeah I, i've never been at a concert before where it, it was in the where it, i'd never been i'd never had an experience at a concert where i where it was totally packed and i turned around okay. and there was no one behind me
1: <laughs> 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 Because we were right at the back <laughs> we were in the last row
0: at the top, yeah. Yeah, The and best you know, seat in the house.
1: Think. Away from, so no one's behind us. No one's, uh, I do remember that show. I remember you not knowing a lot of the songs because I don't think Who's Next was as big of a hit in your country. That's correct. And you said, that's you said, correct. I don't know these songs. Are you fucking kidding me? This is the shit yeah. they play on the goddamn radio every goddamn day. I can't, I don't even care they're playing behind Blue Eyes because I yeah. fucking am sick of that song. And, you know, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was like, do you not know who's next? Because that's the one that after, when the Beatles broke up, Basically, the, that's what the Who needed to become superstars. They need the Beatles to break up.
0: It's strange. I was really out of the um, mainstream. Uh, well, you know how I was living. Sure. We were in the loft with, you know, Justin and doing acid all the time, living in our what, own. Little what's world.
1: up with the Ferdinand loft? Do you think any any ideas? Do you do you keep in touch with uh, people that we you lived with?
0: Um, no, I did have a brief contact with Justin Okay uh, But that was a few years ago Sure And uh-huh. I was astonished and amazed that You know, I don't know that He was still alive or something I don't know. Okay um, And um, uh, Now I I, um, I don't know Any of the people
1: all right, let me uh, let me edify I think about, my I think about it. Let, let me I edify think about it. my um, my audience all right boys and girls uh, in the uh, late 90s in the early uh, mid 90s right uh, you and a handful of our friends lived in a huge middle and nowhere loft in Chicago and six one and thing, a square foot. six and half all right six and a half thousand square feet huge Um it was a beautiful off. We had parties there on a very, very regular basis, and the best thing was that the uh, the guy that mainly that uh, I guess lived there, or he certainly didn't own it. I guess he rented it. Was a projector was a, a cinematic projector repairman and projectionist. So he had cobbled together an entire projection system, and we had illegal screenings of certain movies there. We he would smuggle prints because we all worked out, we all worked out of the Village North and South movie theater at the time, right? Yep. So he would smuggle a printout, and we'd have these sort of illegal screenings of new movies or, or older movies sometimes, whatever they're playing, because the village would play a lot of retro movies. So um, the very the first... Matrix. Th- the Matrix. Pre-
0: uh, premiered uh, in our loft space.
1: Oh, did it? How did it that...
0: Because it, Justin, he, you know, the the film reels would be delivered to the cinema. Well, he he would uh, take the reels. Yes. Uh, He'd bring them to the loft. He would string up the film, mm-hmm. and then we would watch the film. And then he would take disassemble the reels. Disassemble it and bring it back to, and it take back to it the back theater to the cinema that night.
1: And assemble it. He'd have to assemble, put it back on the platter.
0: Right. Okay. He'd yeah. have
1: to reassemble the whole goddamn thing. It was a lot yeah. of work for him yeah, for for yes, to, yes, to entertain absolutely. people that didn't pay. None of us yeah. paid. So the first time I saw I, first time I saw right. *Phantom Menace* was at one of these illegal mm. screenings. He right, had smuggled out. <laughs> No, I'm glad I didn't see it. I'm glad I saw it with people. I glad I think I could smoke cigarettes during it for crying out loud. What exactly. do I care? Fuck George Lucas and And, yeah. and um, so we we watched that. I know that he uh, he was really a big fan of. I want a heckle. Uh, I, he brought in um, what's the Tim Robbins movie where he's a Vietnam vet? Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, I a, don't like that. There's a, I don't mind I that film, it's, <clears I throat> but it's,
0: it's not that I like. I think it's overrated.
1: It's not all right. Fine. I think it's cute, but yeah, Justin, it's, it's all right. it's Ju- all right. yeah. the guy who ran it, loves that movie. And apparently, Coley Culkin, Macaulay Culkin the, the the fine thespian that he is, uh, at one point he gets plowed over by a car. He's like the little boy in that movie. He gets yeah, plowed over yeah, by a car. Yeah. And I started clapping because wow. I hated Home Alone. <laughs> I didn't even see Home Alone, but I hated it. And I just started clapping. And I was the only one who did it. I was like, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's looking at me and I, I stopped, you know. And I was like, well, well, I, was, my, I was heckling. My, and, and Justin came to me afterwards like, listen, man, I really think it's a really great It was one of my favorite movies, you know, and he, I don't know, yeah. but he didn't sound like that. But he did, he did give me what He's for, very he was very earnest about a lot of yeah. things. And he was very earnest about not like mean about not liking me heckling uh, the yeah. cinematic masterpiece that is or is not Jacob's Ladder. Uh, well, my
0: favorite uh, anecdote about that screening uh, setup was that um, uh, there was, uh, for a while, uh, we had the wrong projector lens for the throw to the screen. Sure. So uh, the sides of, you know, we, we did eventually get this fixed, but the sure. sides of the image were chopped off. Yeah. So uh, we watched um, uh, David Lynch's.
1: Oh, ost Lost Hiway. Highway, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have ost, been...
0: ost Because the L and the Y were cut off. Ost-Taiwa. And when the title wow. came across the screen. it said ost <laughs> Oh, no.
1: Wow. Um, what are you going to do? I love that movie. But yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. It's exactly what would have happened. It was very common. I mean, we had like lawn seats and some of us had to sit on the ground. And you uh, lived in the law for how long? Uh,
0: I was there for about a year. Okay. I think about a year. But uh, the, the Justin's Loft, we had some interesting people coming in and out.
1: Well, we yeah. had some crazy parties there. It was just crazy parties that interacted video and performance art. And just, yeah, I, I miss those. It, I miss those days. Oh, it's so strange. Is, there was, there was no be...
0: documentation because we never, you know, it was yeah. the 90s, so no one took any, there was no selfies, there was no... You know, none of us bothered taking snapshots. No, if we people, had a video so.
1: camera, we kind of were sparingly using it because we had to pay for the tapes and had to carry a bunch yeah. of tapes around right <laughs> with, with you, you know, all that kind of crap. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there was
0: no uh, just taking footage for the hell of it. No. Um, so there's very little. Uh, I don't have a single photograph of me in that loft, for example. I don't have a single photograph of the loft. I know.
1: Well, no, yeah, uh, I don't have any photos from that era. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad died of a brain tumor, as I remember it. Yeah. I love. Remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you, your dad uh, worked on the um, piece of machinery that tested that people for the brain detected tumor. brain tumors, and he ended up being the first person that it, they well, not, used it not on. Not the first
0: person, but he he uh, an early yeah.
1: an early patient of a person who was a recip- yeah. recipient of this. Oh, good. I worked on this machine. Well, yeah, he we, got, said, we got we got he some said, bad like, news. He, it he works said, When I
0: designed this machine, I never thought it was going to be used on me. Yeah.
1: Wow, and that's you amazing. Did. Yeah, yeah. And that being said, amazing. you told me that, and back in the nineties, mid nineties or late nineties, incredibly, you had a bad. big welt on your head, and you wow. said, "And I go, you're a goner." I literally thought that because you told me the story of your dad, brain tumor, brain tumor device this that and then you had this big it looked like when when yeah. in, in a Tom and Jerry cartoon when they whack someone on yep. the head and they get that yep. big bump exactly. with exactly. no hair on it you had exactly. that in the middle of your hairline in your 20s i'm like you're well, a goner.
0: i'll tell you something funny about that bump that was cool. that was a cyst right it was yes. a big cyst and when i was like uh, i don't know like 10 years old I felt this bump. It was quite small at that time. It was like a, like a bean. Wow. You know, like and I went to this doctor. I was like 10 or 11 years old. And I said, oh, I'm worried about this thing. And I went with my mom, obviously. And uh, the doctor said, oh, there's nothing to worry about. He said, with this wonderful bedside manner, he said, it's nothing to worry about. One day it'll grow to be the size of a golf ball and you'll have to have it removed. But until then, it's fine, right? Now, you don't want to tell that to like a 10-year-old no, age, that, that's No, right? so, there's too much imagination. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. But then like in my it it didn't really it it, it, throughout my teenage years it didn't really grow very much and then one day I'm on the London Underground and uh, there's this man in front of me and he's bald and in the same spot where mine is he's got this thing and it literally is like the size of a golf pool it looks like how to get ahead in advertising but on his fucking head and how
1: old was he would you say and you probably I would say interpret. he was
0: i was well when you're a teenager you can't anyone, tell people. everyone seems like an old man you know? yeah he's probably in his oh, 40s yeah. or something you
1: know he's he's, um, he's near death so he must be 38. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you
0: know? um, but so that scared the shit out of me. And then, uh, but I was like a fifteen or something. But then, of course, you know, by the time you met me, it was very pronounced. And the funny thing is, uh, I'm not sure how comfortable this person is with this information. I think they're a bit shy about it, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to name them. Sure. But there's someone from Chicago days who you and I both know. Okay. And um, it was a sort of a popular thing to to mock this little bump. Oh. Uh, for example, yeah. Rallo would uh, uh, um, say that uh, he would blame the bump for my alcoholism. Oh my god! And, um, so, uh, but uh, this friend of mine, I think mutual friend of ours, um, sure. pretty sure you know, him, has uh, told me the other day that he now has the exact same thing in the same spot, and he was going to get it removed, um, and uh, it was really weird. But you know, the funny thing is, is that I had that thing removed.
1: In the Uh, nineties,
0: in the nineties, at a hospital in Chicago for free, and I had no insurance, and I had free surgery.
1: Wow, because I lived. Here's here's the reason why, Um, because you were a white male. Do you you think that was part of it? This
0: is really fucked up. Okay, because I didn't have insurance. I was living in the loft, which we were talking Mm -hmm. about. I was like, well, I was 23 years old, mm-hmm. and I uh, had this, pump and um, I uh, was told that, oh, you can go to this place where they'll put you on a list if you don't have insurance or things. So I went to this place, and where was the office? It was Cabrini Green, right? Oh, God. So I go to Cabrini 93 to Cabrini thing. Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm in there, and there's this woman who was really, like, rolling her eyes at me, and it's like, yeah, I've got this bump on my head, you know? <laughs> But I go to the hospital, and I'm put into... This isn't funny at all, actually. No. And I'm put into, um, uh, on, on this bed. That, uh, it, it took, like, six months. Like, it took a long time. And then suddenly I got this letter one day saying, oh, your appointment is in, like, two weeks' time. Two weeks, yeah. And I and I, I, I go to this place, and I'm on the bed, and I'm being wheeled into this room. Uh, suddenly there's these dogs saying, oh, we got this guy. He's got a gunshot. He's, like, you know, he's, like... Basically, he's a bag of blood leading with arms and legs. Easily. He's on his way out. Yeah. And the doctors will be so, no, I got this patient. Can't do it. You know? I'm
1: sorry. I got to take this bump off a white guy who uh, obviously will uh, not be shot uh, for. uh, I got to
0: perform free cosmetic surgery on Mr. Privilege. Sorry. Um, and And I was like, okay, that's. And anyway, they gave me this thing that they referred to as milk of amnesia.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, I, they I think that it. it's. Yeah. Um,
0: so apparently, I is that a waiting.
1: diuretic. Is that what is milk of magnesia? It's like a. Well, di- I didn't shit
0: myself, so <laughs> <laughs> no, not magnesia. Milk of amnesia
1: oh That's how, that they, of- they
0: jokingly referred to it as milk of amnesia oh and again so you- i was i was awake yeah they, they oh. didn't give me the shits on the table that wasn't the purpose i of it. see milk of amnesia. Um, yeah, yeah. here we're about to drill into your head but meanwhile we're the doctors <laughs> you take a big shit so the two things i remember from that experience was that terrible thing i just told you about like someone who really needed a doctor being bumped off because God, you know, really of um but the next thing i remember is afterwards um one of the nurses uh, saying to me well because I was apparently I was awake sure. during the whole thing yeah, that, yeah, as yeah. I say they give you the milk of amnesia so you don't remember mm. and she said well it was very interesting listening to you
1: wow it's a shame there's not a fly on the wall with a yeah. tape yeah. recorder that recorded yeah. everything that you uh-huh. said Oh, yeah. that's and off sweet.
0: I was sent with this uh, bumpless head so anyway yeah there you go um
1: all right. Well, we uh, got to wrap this yeah. interview up, yeah. uh, boys and Do girls. It. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm uh, very happy to was be it, here with.
0: I was going to give you one of my Trump 2021
1: t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? Um, yeah. Uh, lightly fuck your feelings. Is that what it is? Uh, oh my lightly. god.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, Trump 2021. 20- yeah. Let's try it again. I think it's Let's very charming you. that you're not, a, not. You're more blasé and not as afraid about this as I am. But,
1: um, oh. Yeah. It's funny because I, I was kind of completely um not to like delve in. I was I I've been like I I don't believe it until I see it. I don't believe it until I see it. And then everyone's like, finally, like my my guard has been down. Like, look, don't worry, dude. Biden's in like Flynn. Yeah. Um, well, no, but Hillary yeah. lost. I mean, Hillary lost that night. And we knew that night Hillary lost. You know, yeah. and she conceded. Yeah. It wasn't like everyone's saying like everyone was like, yeah, no one liked Trump.
0: Trump is not going to be president but he's not going to be taken. He's going to be the official dictator in chief. He's to, uh, I really think that Kamala is not going to see the inside of that building. Before. It's funny but you say
1: Kamala as if she, uh, we're talking about Biden. Kamala's later whenever but Biden. But Biden's
0: seen the inside of that. He's seen the inside of that building before.
1: Oh, I see. And, I see. Yeah, I see. like And I'm fine with Biden being president on January 22nd, clutching his chest and dropping dead. And that, make, <laughs> I, that nothing make me more happier than that. but <laughs> you, you'll certainly have someone kick us in charge
0: if that's the case.
1: I am um, more than fine with yeah, I didn't yeah. vote for Biden and I voted against Trump. I certainly yeah. Why do we not have Bernie Sanders in there? What the fuck's going on with this world? Yeah, yeah. i blame my well, parents as i say yeah
0: yeah uh what a shame version doesn't matter all right well uh, let, let's get <laughs> back to your chocolate right. lava cakes yeah.
1: uh i love you buddy and keep in mind yeah. when i say that it's been
0: lovely to talk i'm sorry I'm it you is the alcohol talking when i
1: tell you how much i yeah. love you that's for sure and so this
0: is uh,
1: the coffee talking when i say fuck you <laughs> exactly i always <laughs> get care. that yeah all right buddy. bye see you around bye-bye, bye-bye. Okay, that was my conversation with Matt Willis Jones. He—that's uh, a little—it's a little out of date that conversation, but not too much. Um, he certainly doesn't have any confidence that uh, we are going to have a decent transition between Donald J. Dipshit and uh, Sleepy Joe Biden. Sleepy Joe Biden. All right, uh, not too. Uh, at the the other week, I was uh, my girlfriend was listening to, uh, I guess a previous episode, and I was getting ready. I think I was getting ready to drop the uh, mixtape confessions on the Spotify, and uh, she had said uh, she in regards to the uh, one star review of strip club. She said, "I think these things are getting longer," and uh, I was at the time sitting on a thirty minute one star review of strip clubs so um, let's see what we got here today Um, because Matt Willis Jones lives in Mexico City I thought I would read uh, strip clubs from New Mexico because those two places are are identical now I did go through some strip club uh, reviews of uh, some places in Mexico City and I, I wasn't really impressed with what I saw First one comes from a place uh, at, uh, this is called this is from Fantasy World. It's uh, 5,000 Jefferson Street, Northeast, Albuquerque, New Mexico. There's a one-star review. <clears throat> this is from Joey B., one review. This place smells like fish. Most of the girls were too high to perform. No such thing, Mr. B. There's another one. Okay, this is this is this is a good one or bad one. All right, Mr. James Lauren, L A W R E N, a year ago. Sketchy experience. The following is a detailed account of our night at Fantasy World, not capitalized. After our group of 3 spent $200 at the stage, we took a break and sat down trying to decide who we would get a private dance from. Not 5 minutes went by before a dancer approached my friend. She asked him if he might want a private dance. He declined at least twice. She then said he would give him a back she would give him a back rub, pushed his chair forward, grabbed his shoulders saying, "This will be $20." God, that is really aggressive. He again declined and pushed his chair back against the wall. Her her being said what do you mean you you do? What do you mean you don't want one? You wanted it when it was free. That's not how this works. Did you think I'm in love with you or something? <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. Obviously, I I've had one of these pesky sort of uh, entanglements before, you know. And whew, yeah, of course you have to pay. That's how it works. Then I interjected. He said he. <laughs> He said he was good he doesn't want anything and her saying excuse me i was talking to him not you jesus christ i would be the same way then i stood up and proclaimed we are leaving because of this rude girl Hmm, i might have said something else she followed us out yelling and calling us all sorts of names she even tried to get security to stop us on the way out they're probably well aware of her um, not so unique tactics Uh, We were very intimidated. We'll never be back, and I wouldn't recommend anyone going to this place. Thirteen people found that review helpful. Um, This is by Gerardo Ocha. Gerardo Ocha. O-C-H-O-A. And Gerardo... (coughs) Spelled like Geraldo. Uh, Let's see. Place is nice, fun... But what is up with security trying to hustle people for parking? Maybe you all should put up a sign that you got to pay for parking. Hmm. Seven people found that helpful. <laughs> Fun guy. Two reviews. This is from two years ago. I went to this club to have a good time, but decided to leave at the front door when the person insisted that they scan Slash slide my driver's license, and made it mandatory. That's a little intimidating. I, I got to agree with that. Um, <laughs> what happened to just being twenty-one? That this is not acceptable. Is my personal information in being recorded in their database? I don't blame you. I just wouldn't. That's just not a very trustworthy uh, establishment to me. With your very sensitive information. Your your driver's license. I will not be a customer of this place until they change their ways and have some respect for privacy. Boycott. All right, this is a good one. This is a fun. One. This is by Lisa Uptain. U P T A I N. L I S A. Two years ago, my husband was trying to get a job. He was trying to get a job here. The security management guy walks out and bows up to my husband trying to intimidate my husband and my husband is a really big guy and is intimidating person himself he could have snapped this guy in half like a twig there's very little punctuation in there that's exactly how it reads uh they told my husband he couldn't pass a background check yeah that is surprising um what the hell do they need a background check for question mark since most of the people work work there are most likely felons themselves well that's a generalization it's Probably a fair generalization. In fact, I think that they had to deal with a couple of them when I was... Oh, in fact, I even it's better. In fact, I think I had to deal with a couple of them when I worked for the prisons. I would love to know exactly what your job was at the prisons. This is Lisa Uptain. Um, but over a felony that is 12 years old and has been closed and done with for 10 years, please... I wouldn't recommend this place for a job, much less for the entertainment. This place is nasty, and I, would, I wouldn't i would even refer to my worst enemy's dog there for a job, for the chance to lick something. Hmm. For the chance to lick something. Piss poor place, seven exclamation marks. They are not by law supposed to hold anything over seven years against anyone. No job can. It is a law for all states. Is that true? Ten people found that helpful. By the way, is that true? I guess uh, you are <clears throat> any felony, any felon, felony that you've gotten is seven years expired. But I still think they can weasel their way out of it. I think it's a big problem in this country that we don't have a refer. We don't have a reform system at all. Once you go in, you're fucked. So, 10 people found that helpful. Okay, this is Greg. um, T-O-D-A-K-O-N-Z-I-E. This is from two years ago. This place sucks no alcohol. Just energy drink and coffee, question mark. <coughs> I don't know. You tell me. Um, you're the one with all the answers. We're the ones with the questions if we're reading this. Girls take you to a pitch black room. Can't even see anything. Girls act like they don't want to be there. Well, they might not want to be there. I have I have more fun alone With my Wi-Fi and left hand in my Motel LOL. But if you want to waste your money, by all means, be my guest. Ha! Three people found that helpful. Dumbass security and kids. I had an unintelligible conversation with a very stupid librarian-looking girl. I had a 45 in my pocket big surprise nothing happened i had it 45 in my pocket big surprise nothing happened i guess they don't do the pat downs um all right this is this is gonna be interesting this is goku lee one review sounds like a star wars name goku lee less than one star if i could horrible service was there last night for B-Day, not worth the gas. Seen more stretch marks than necessary. Fake accents, big bellies, and they smell of smoke. Hmm. Chairs were very uncomfortable. Solid wood. Solid wood board. We've been better. Don't even bother. Just use the internet instead. Also, call, also called to ask for time since no... Uh, no times on there got a rude response showed her my VIP my VIP card from another club does that work maybe not she was the one who answered the phone and as I entered she asked for a tip and I said a tip for what sitting on your button texting question hmm. mark there's a lot of beefs with the um the, the New Mexico ones. Yeah. A. Phillips, five reviews, two years ago. um, They discriminate against body types at their establishment. Give you the runaround and waste your time and tell you you're not the type of dancer they want. Awful. Hmm. This place is truly a scam. Stay away from this place. A. D. space A. A. D. space A, that's the name. (laughs) <laughs> okay, here we go and This is from Nicole Martinez This is from three years ago This place is just old And looks unappealing Typically old creepy guys Seem to frequent this place Well, Nicole I'm gonna call I, I blame the victim for this one Yeah, I I I thought that was what the... I thought that's what the the translation of the word Gentleman's Club meant. Uh, That typically would be in a Google translation as typically old creepy guys seem to frequent this place. I thought by definition that's what Gentleman's Club meant. You're looking for young creepy guys? I I know I am. Hmm. This is the second one, right? So we had one that earlier it said smelled like fish. John Brown, this is from three years ago, smelled funny. Some kind of emoji. Young Chop. Y-U-N-G-C-H-O-P-P. Dirty. The girls are all about drama. The bouncers are no good, and most of the girls are drug addicts. It's a bad place to visit. But I certainly would want to live there. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, original, No alcohol. Translated by Google, no alcohol. That's a problem. The rest. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do, ladies and gentlemen? There's a, lot of, there's a fair amount of ladies that were doing this one. Um, <laughs> I like this. All right. Jewel Wells from five years ago. Rude woman who answered the phone November 1st, July 2015. I called to ask if they're open, it's in, when they're open till, and if they have entertainers. She sarcastically answered, uh, Yeah, we're a strip club in a very ugly way. I'm from Denver and have had different clubs, in quotes, all over the country. And oh, no, I've been to different clubs, in quotes, all over the country. So I just wanted to know what to expect. Guess what? We will take our money to TD's North. Where a very sweet girl answered the phone, and answered my very simple questions. It was from five years ago. Eight people found that review helpful. Hope you enjoyed the show today. That was that was my interview with uh, Matt Willis Jones. I will I will put uh, some information regarding his artwork in the comments or something. I'm not exactly sure um, what, what those routes are, but. Uh, thank you boys and girls that's the uh, end of uh, that's the end of the show oh, no! I'm going to play out here with a track off of the Savage Kind's uh, new album it's called Love Songs for Bastards you can find it on I believe you can find it on iTunes although I don't even know how that works anymore I haven't done it in a while um, Amazon somehow you can get it there. You can go to Murder Cow, their Bandcamp, I believe, is Murder Cow Productions, and I think you can probably acquire the whole album for five do- for a five for a minimal five dollars. You can for five you can select your own rate, and for five dollars you can get the whole album. I gave them six because I'm super super generous. So here's a track off their album now, and thank you for joining us.